latest episode of Who's He, the Doctor Who podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we'll be giving our mid-series review of Series 6 of Doctor Who. Um, so I, th- I think we've got some some strong opinions on this. But I, know I, I know I have, Paul. I don't know about yourself. Um, I think mine have mellowed, to be honest. Yours have mellowed? Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, I, now I've seen it all in its entirety. Well, it, it's half entirety. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's... Um, Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get round to that, but I think um, first we'll, we'll kick off with some uh, some who, who news, which is not something we usually do um, on this show. But obviously, there's been sort of three items this week, which I think are worth reporting on. And we'll start off with the sad news that Roy Skelton, uh, the voice of the Daleks, has passed away at the age of seventy nine on uh, June the eighth this week. Um, just to give everyone a sort of little bit of a, a background on, he he sort of made quite a few um, appearances on Who, but he started uh, with voicing the Monoids in Hartnell's story, um, The Ark, back in 1966, and he also provided voices for the Cybermen in the final Hartnell story, uh, The Tenth Planet. Um, and of course he went on to, uh, he first voiced the Daleks in the very first Troughton story, which was The Evil of the Daleks, and then continued voicing them right until the last official Dalek story of the classic series. Uh, which was Remembrance of the Daleks in 1988 with Sylvester McCoy. And of course, he also made sporadic on-screen appearances um, throughout the throughout the years in episodes such as Colony in Space, The Green Death, The Android Invasion and The Hand of Fear. Um, but I suppose the other character he was most famous for in Who was Wester in Planet of the Daleks, which was quite, a, quite an integral, integral role to the story um, but however in the UK he will probably be most fondly remembered uh, for providing the voices of Zippy and George on the sort of very long running children's TV show Rainbow um, which I didn't realise how long this one actually went on for Paul it actually went from 1972 to 1992 ah uh, yes I didn't watch it all the way no nor did I no <laughs> Um, but one thing I found out which I, I'd never realised when I was sort of doing a bit more re- research into uh, Roy Skelton's career um, that he wasn't now people are probably going to say I already knew this but I didn't know he wasn't the original voice of Zippy oh right in the first series now this, there's another um, Who link here um, the honour of uh, originally voicing Zippy went to Peter Hawkins who of course first voiced the Daleks in Doctor Who back right, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the first uh, Hartnell story so, and again, this is something else that Skilton um, would replace Hawkins doing on Who. Um, it and the, it's an obvious progression. Isn't it, it is, really, yeah. Um, so the other thing, in Hawkins also provided um, the Cybermen voices in the Tenth Planet, so they were sort of kind of working alongside each other um, in that story. So, And it's just quite strange how their sort of voice acting careers sort of became intertwined, even outside Who as well. Yeah. Yeah, weird. So it's... Uh, but. Again, it's it's sad that we've uh, lost a, a third person this year who was uh, sort of very closely associated with what which is now defined as the classic era of Who. So, yeah, I, su- uh, I suppose when you've got a show that's that long running, this is going to become a more, unfortunately, a more common. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, um, unfortunately, sort of uh, as you say, it's just, it's going to start happening more and more often. So it's probably not something to we we, we need to dwell on. <laughs> no, to be honest. So yeah, very sad news. But um, I believe you have some more yeah, more cheerful news, haven't you? Paul? More cheerful news. Um, whether your views on the British honour system or not, but. Uh, Bernard Cribbins has made OBE this week in the Queen's Honours list, birthday honours list. Um, probably, when you consider other actors that have got honours, this sort of honour, it's probably, you could say, it's long overdue. Yes, it is, most definitely. Although, probably, you wonder, had he not um, done Who recently, would he have still been in the public eye to have received it, which seems an indication of how much who still creates news and keeps people in public eye. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, um, yeah, it sort, of, sort of makes Who quite relevant. And also, I mean, him as, as well, really, because was he 82? Cruise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you say, long overdue. Yeah. I mean, I was just having a quick look at back of his career. I mean, it doesn't seem to have been a, a huge amount of other stuff other than Who, which, 82... TV-wise, certainly, anyway, um, which you can expect. Mm. should be retiring, really, perhaps, but there again, why not when you get the opportunity? What's that You're thing as up? good as he is. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a sort of fantastic actor, really, Bernard Cribbins. Um, but it also goes, I mean, obviously this is a little bit off-topic, but it just sort of shows some of the other people that were sort of given OBEs and MBEs and knighthoods in this sort of the... Uh, yeah. I mean, like you've had um, Graham Garden and Tim Brooke Taylor, yeah, um, from the Goodies, um, who have been given OBEs as well. Which, and I didn't realise that um, Bill Oddie was actually given an OBE in two thousand three. Yeah, that was um, the services to wildlife. Yes, because I actually saw that and I thought, well, why have them two got it and not him? Yeah, I know. I couldn't <laughs> believe actually that. Then looked back to see that. Um, and then, and of course, um, Bruce Forsyth. Both Forsyth, actually. Sorry. I was going to say... Taylor and yeah. um, Graham Garden have done stuff for Big Finish, Doctor Who. Yes, they have, because um, Graham Garden was very recently the meddling monk, wasn't he? Yeah. In the final the game that story. ever came across, to, that character was ever brought back into the TV fold, whether they'd feel if him being... The part well, for well it. they they do sort of tend to shy away from big Finnish actors, don't they? Yeah. Um, on the on sort of on the Goes TV version, way. yeah, very much so. Um, but well, I, Nicholas Briggs's uh, connection. Yeah, I mean he's probably about the yeah. only one who who has done really. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably more to do with the fact because throughout, well, after Who finished, um, I think he he did a lot of sort of fan stuff and the interview. Of interviewing of like actors and yeah and stuff like that that was released on on video and I think didn't he take I'm not I mean please someone uh, correct me on this I think he also was something to do with those um, other Who projects where they couldn't was it called the Stranger or something like that I don't know if he was involved in that or not but but it was all that sort of that where they couldn't use the name of the Doctor yeah so they were just called the Stranger. Um, so I, you know, I haven't actually seen any of that, and from what I've heard, it's not that, it's not that great, um, as you can, as you can sort of expect, really, because it probably had a, even less of a budget than who did when it finally finished. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, he's, he's probably about the only one. 
Yeah, uh, getting back to Bernard Cribbins. Yes. Obviously, a link back to the films as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so, a long standing link to Doctor Who. And was even interviewed for the role of the Doctor when John Pertwee was leaving. Now, I didn't know this. I had no yeah. idea. And apparently, went in his interview and that, was saying about, he said about, oh, I could be a, I was a paratrooper, so I can fight. Yeah. And was told, oh, no, no fighting. And he said, and, Bernard Cribbins thinks he lost the job because of that. Oh. Uh, that'd be... And seemed to be slightly upset that Tom Baker, then the first thing he saw of Tom Baker as the Doctor was in a fight. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of annoy me as well, actually. So, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a you shame, actually. I'd, like I'd quite like to have seen how he would have sort of panned out in the role. Would have thought he'd have been quite like Troughton in the terms of the... Because mm, I, I, so I can't remember they were considering sort of other actors that, and I don't know if it was after Pertwee or not, but people like Jeffrey Bowden, yeah, uh, who again I think has played the Doctor on the Big Finish um, productions. I think it was, was it Doctor Who Unbound, where it's like an alternate reality Doctor Who, where you've had like him playing the Doctor, you've had David Warner playing the Doctor, and, and Arabella Weir as well. Right. So they've definitely gone down the female Doctor route. Um, Again, I haven't heard any of them. I must admit, I'm, I'm not really up on Big Finish. Uh, no, I must admit, I haven't heard. I've heard no. some of the Paul McGann stuff, but not in any sort of order. Or... No, no, me neither. Um, so, well, there you go, Big Finish. Give Cribbins a go. See what he's like. I think it'd be worth yeah. it. I think uh, he might have been a bit too much like John Pertwee in some ways, though, coming on the sort of over-dramatic and... He could have been, yeah, because I mean, obviously, he's associated with um, more comedy roles. Yeah. Um, but obviously, okay. what you say when you see him in, in the latest series of Who, um, you can see he's a very good actor. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, he's he's when you look back at his uh, catalogue of work, so to speak. Yeah. It's everything there that you've seen and know and sometimes forget. Yeah, that's like, it. Back to stuff like Wrong Arm of the Law and two-way stretch and that sort of stuff yeah so, which I think really for me which made him an unlikely hero um, for the um, Peter Cushing film yeah and even then there was a little bit of comedy in there when he was sort of trying to pass himself off as a, as a robo man yeah with the eating scene and everything but uh, no he, say, he did play quite a good sort of action because his opening scene was him being coshed over the head so um you know, he's quite a... As you say, he, he was quite a... He could be a physical actor. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, congratulations to him anyway. Yes. Now, um, obviously the... I'll say the, the biggest news this week um, in the world of Doctor Who was that um, Series 7 has been confirmed by the BBC. Now, um, understand, Paul, you haven't really... So you don't know too much about this story at the moment, do you? No, not really. Not really, okay. Um, well, the way this news came about is it's pretty bizarre, to say the least, as we have Private Eye to thank um, for, this, for this news being released. Now, for those of you who don't know um, what Private Eye is, it's a satirical uh, monthly magazine that was, um, I suppose, the first... Thing to come about it really. It was actually sort of originally run by and set up by Peter Cook, um, 
as, as I said, as a, as a satirical thing, but it just seems a really bizarre story for them to run. Because um, they're usually having a pop at the establishment or the government or um, other press-related things. Or people they feel are being hypocritical yeah. in their attitude to yeah. um, what they're saying and what they're doing. Yeah, so this is... As I say, it's just bizarre. So something that's particularly showbiz is not. No, um, especially Doctor Who. Well, really, yep. they basically they run a story called Doctor Who's to Blame, um, which claims amongst other things that the reason this series was split into two um, was due to costs spiralling out of control. Um, which where they got that from, I have no idea. Um, other things were things like the appearance of the Ood in the Doctor's Wife. Uh, was because there wasn't enough money for the creature that Neil Gaiman had in mind. Um, so they had to make do with an old costume. Uh, it was just really weird, strange things. I mean, what does it matter? Really, there's always cost-cutting things like that going on. Um, why, it all of a sudden, it's news. But the the main bulk um, of the story, and this is sort of a, a brief sort of paragraph. Um, what I'll do, I'll post the link to the, private, the actual Private Eye website so people can read the whole thing in its entirety. Um, but basically it says programme chiefs in London were horrified to learn recently that BBC Wales is proposing not to make a full series of Doctor Who in 2012 but instead to put the programme on hiatus and merely bash out four specials as it did in 2009 this will leave an enormous hole in the BBC One Saturday night schedule and a bigger one in the profits of BBC Worldwide and will mean the corporation will be paying lead actor Matt Smith to spend most of the rest of this year doing nothing um, now, when this news broke, um, I wouldn't say it caused the internet to go into meltdown, but it did sort of cause all the uh, Who-related sites to go a bit a bit crazy. And when this news broke out across Twitter and, and God knows what. But this actually prompted Sam Hodges, who is the head of communications for BBC One Fiction, Daytime and HD. Now, that's a title for you. Blimey. Um, he announced on Twitter that Doctor Who is returning. Um, 14 new episodes have been commissioned with Matt Smith as the Doctor which Stephen Moffat then followed up um, and tweeted 14 episodes and Matt definitely I've got a plan and I'm not telling you what it is now Hush or River shoots you with a spoiler gun so that should have pretty much put an end to it yeah really Um, so however the next day though um, the sun uh, newspaper, obviously sort of sniffing blood and sort of usually sort of, they've sort of like the Sun, the Mail, they've all sort of pretty much got it in for who at the moment. Now, um, they run a story the next day. Now, bearing in mind now, the whole Private Eye story has sort of been debunked. Yeah. They run a story called BBC Doctor Who Crisis as Show Turns 50. Right, so as I said, they Ignored the news released by Sam Hodges and Stephen Moffat, and then they then proceed to claim that um, Stephen Moffat only wants to make two specials and not a series. They again claim that Stephen Moffat had axed the Daleks, when in fact he already said he was resting them. Um, they all suggested a rift between Stephen Moffat and BBC controller Danny Cohen that the BBC were now trying to deny. Again, there's no evidence to this. And my personal favourite, though, is that the story ended with them saying that 14 episodes had been ordered by the BBC, 
thus ignoring what they wrote like a couple of paragraphs before. Um, and they, but the BBC had no idea when they would be airing these episodes. Well, that's nothing out of the ordinary, considering that they've actually been made yet. Um, but the, the best bit is that it says they had no idea that when these would be airing, despite 2012 being the show's 50th anniversary. Hmm. All I can say is, it's 2013, you lazy, feckless, good-for-nothing hacks. <laughs> that is all I can say. <laughs> They still won't have your CV, will they? They won't, no. <laughs> um, so it, it, it was just really bizarre. Um, it's just the whole private eye story is strange in itself. Um, a, because... Um, why have they done it? Why have they done it? Um, and there was another thing in there basically saying, you know, this is the end of Doctor Who. Um, but that actually didn't give any reason why. In, in, you know, you sometimes you sometimes wonder with Private Eye whether they do it almost then to see what they can get a reaction from the papers. Well, that's it because I I still can't figure out whether it's an attempt to satirising stories like this that run in papers like the Daily yeah. Mail in, and the Sun, um, or they're just having a pop at the BBC somehow. Yeah. Um, but I really don't know what the point to it was. No, it's just a, just a bit of, you know, stirring it up. I've no idea. Yeah. But there again, as they say, actually, for Doctor Who, no public, no publicity is bad publicity. True. It's kept them in the papers and whatever. And if the reaction is, if it actually, what's be worse is if someone run a story saying it's going to be axed and nobody bothered. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be more worrying. It would be, yeah. <laughs> Now, there was another, um, I can't find the, um, the tweet. There's another thing, sort of, another sort of news thing, um, not massive news, but who's he is now on Twitter. Um, so you can go to our website and find a link uh, to our Twitter page. Uh, the website address will be given out at the end of, end of the show. Um, yeah, there was another a, a tweet from Stephen Moffat. Um, again, he, he couldn't quite... It, understand why this story was run in private eye either no it was it was just really yeah it it was baffling absolutely baffling i mean and as for as for the bbc not giving dates for when things are gonna start well they haven't given dates for september's we presume start September for the second half of this series, have they? I mean, no, um, you've got no, you haven't got a date yet for Torchwood. Torchwood. Oh, no, no, we haven't. So, well, it, I know it we runs on that's um, month. <laughs> well, it, it it airs on Stars um, in the US on July the eighth. Yeah. So, I'm imagining that the BBC will want to air it round about that time. Yeah. Um, and they keep. Um, sort of showing torture as part of its sort of upcoming um, series, sort of in, in the BBC trails for you know for what's new for, the, for like the summer season or what you want to call it. But there's still no air date. And you'd think that would then give them the ten weeks would run probably quite nicely up to the second half of the yeah Doctor Who series because I can't imagine they would have run them sort of concurrently. But no, it seems a bit of a well. I know it's a different audience anyway. Um, because you know, as we all know, well, torture was meant to be more adult, isn't it? So yeah, um, yeah, it's just. But yeah, but you think two when you've got two programs of similar uh, nature, I mean, science fiction, and set in the same universe as well. 
you don't tend to want to BBC doesn't tend to put two even doesn't even tend to put two of its the, the run of the mill cop shows on at the same in the same week let no, alone exactly uh, it's just I don't know there must be a, a reason behind it yeah there must be um, I was going to say it's not even really a a, a sort of a packed sporting calendar that tends to sort of shuffle programs back, and there's certainly nothing in September that would um, cause the second half of Series Six to be pushed back any further. I wouldn't have thought. Um, and all we got sort of coming up in sort of June July time is uh, Wimbledon, yeah, which tends to wear on BBC Two anyway. Well, that there again, that's the question of where is Torchwood going to be aired? Hmm. Um. Is it going to be a, a BBC One programme? Do we know that? Well, um, they've been trailing it on BBC One, um, so I'm assuming it will be. I don't think they're going to push it back to um, to BBC Three again. No, I wouldn't have thought it would go back no. to BBC Three, but it did make its way from Three. I think the second series went out on Two, didn't it? It did. Um, Before Children that, of Earth went out on One. Yeah, and that was a massive success, so I can't, I would have, I can't imagine them putting it onto one of the... Um, one of the other channels. This could be, be a big ratings winner. It could be, yeah. Because because yeah. if uh, episode ten still goes out on BBC One, then it's been a success. That's it. Um, and if it goes out on BBC Two, then... or or it starts on a, a, a what's it a nine o'clock? Yeah, yeah, nine o'clock slot. Then all of a sudden, the last two episodes are on at midnight, buried it like uh, Outcast was. Yeah, uh, which I must have... by. Don't scare the hair. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Oh dear! Which I have to say, actually, having watched back the episodes of this series, I keep seeing clips of it where I've recorded. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's like a recurring nightmare. It's not good news, is it? <laughs> Watching that, it really isn't good news. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was um, that was the news for this week. Um, so anyway, on to our our main feature, um, which is the review of the series so far. Um, and we'd like to say actually we're joined by Tony, but we're not. We're not. No, we did set him a challenge, didn't we? Um, yeah. To to watch all the episodes, um, so he could join uh, join us for this show. Um, but after mistakenly telling him that they're still available on iPlayer, um, they're not. <laughs> they're all gone. So, uh, and I have to be absolutely. Um, I have to hold my hands up here. I have missed the deadline and I play myself so I have missed re-watching the final three episodes um, but fortunately they are still quite uh, sort of fresh in my mind so hopefully it shouldn't pose too much of a problem <laughs> so we'll see we'll see so uh, yeah um, we're, we're sort of not too sure how we're going to approach this are we? no because it's actually, it would have been nice if we could have actually had Tony, because it would have given us somebody a different who had a different view to what you've already heard us mm. talking about, perhaps coming in and pointing out where we're wrong, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so apologies in advance if you've heard this some of this before, but we're trying look at it as an overview rather than individual yeah, episodes. I think. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to be uh, if we can avoid doing that, we will do. Um, obviously, we've got our our favourite and least favourite episodes um, of the series, so which we'll sort of try and hold hold back on. Um, but firstly, 
did you did you think that the it flowed better watching watching it as as a I know it's only half a series, but did you feel it sort of flowed better than individual chunks? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Actually, having now watched it as a whole thing, and probably almost actually over the whole weekend, mm. like this weekend, I've watched it as a, one after the other sort of thing. Yeah, near enough. I did give myself little breaks. <laughs> um, but actually, the the thing that did stand out was that the um, Black Spot episode actually fitted in quite nicely. <laughs> I thought. Now, yeah, I've I must admit, as in, as in what it gives to the series, which is the light relief episode, and when you do actually watch them all as a series, it it does give you that nice little break when you're not finding yourself to really concentrate on what's going on. And yeah, I must admit, it was because um, obviously, well, we've been watching the episodes over the course of the last seven weeks. We've been doing it a to watch it, just to watch it as a fan. Um, and obviously, any consequent viewings we've been, we've been watching to review. So you just been a little bit more critical. Um, so as I've been sort of watching them, um, just to in, just to purely watch them as a fan again. Um, as you say, I didn't mind Curse of the Black Spot this time round so much. It's no. st- it's still a bit of a um, how can I put it? As, as we said at the time, it's a bit of a sort of meh sort of story. Yeah, there's not. It's it's as it's well, we said. It's a bit of um, a bit of light relief, but it, it as I say, I, I didn't mind it so much. Um, but I did one thing. I did feel though is that the overall tone of this series has been a little bit uneven. If you see what I mean, because we we've had the opening two episodes which were very very um, serious. Yeah. Then you jumped into um, Curse of the Black Spot. Which yeah. was, as we said, light relief. And then you had the Doctor's Wife, which I suppose was a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, as in, it was a completely, well, fairly standalone. Standalone story. Uh, yeah. yeah. There was no reference to what had happened before. There was no appearance of Eye Patch Lady or, or you know, anything like that. Yeah. Um, but then, then you had the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People, which again, sort of, I'm obviously. Now you watch them as a whole, you know. Yes, they do. You know they tie in, so you. I, I, I sort of understood it a bit more. Yeah. This time. I mean, around. I was actually surprised when I was watching the Rebel Flesh how much in the fir- in that one there was links to what was happening. Hmm. Um, and perhaps that I hadn't quite taken in before. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I still think. I think someone sort of said, oh, when you get up to sort of, like you said yourself last week, didn't you? Sort of episode seven, there wasn't a lot of story to it. No. And and I think really after um, episodes one and two, there hasn't really, for my, to my mind, there hasn't really been a lot of story in any of those subsequent episodes. If you think about it, I mean, the um, Curse of the Black Spot, we've already said, is a bit of light relief. There's not a lot to it. Yeah. Even the Doctor's Wife, there's still not a lot of story there. Yeah, it's it, it's the story of the Doctor and the TARDIS, isn't it? It's not yeah. a, the action 
story side to it is not particularly um yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah do you, do you know because they, they it was almost so watching it again they've always could have got to a point if they wanted a um a doctor light episode like they used to do in the days of um sort of david Tennant. yeah where it focuses on the companion they could have quite have easily done that with just rory and amy wandering around different rooms in the tardis yeah so for for me, that was sorry could have gone one way or the other. Um, and that's actually what we haven't had, is it? Actually, it's a Doctor Light episode. No, so um, far, which, so far, I suppose so far, I mean, still could be in the. That's right. Um, second half, and I hope there isn't really because the show's called Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, which was sort of one of my one of my criticisms about the first and second. Um series when when it came back in 2005 where it focused too much on the companion yeah it was really more the companion rose was saving the day a lot of the time it all sort of yeah. centered around her um which maybe one day we'll, if, we, if we get round to uh reviewing those episodes um we sort of go into a bit more detail on it but I've, i'm glad sort of now since Stephen moffat took over um it has been more focused on the doctor yeah, um, and to me, that's the way it should be. But even when they do focus on Amy, they still that they still kept the balance. Yeah. Well, actually, having said in the final episode, you said that it was twenty minutes before the Doctor showed up. Yeah, up. yeah. But you didn't actually notice that to such extent because it was going along at. It, yeah, exactly. It was moving on at quite a, a, yeah. a decent pace. Um, you didn't feel he was just marking out time, waiting for him to. Arrive. No. Well, the thing was, he, he, and there was a purpose to it. That's right. But he, he was always. I know it was sort of now, sort of more or less reviewing episode seven again. Um, but it has sort of brought on things we kind of missed. Yeah. Because even though he didn't actually make um, the doctor didn't make a physical appearance for twenty minutes, um, he was still there. Yeah. Because people were still talking about him. You heard the TARDIS materialising. Yeah. Um, to go and pick up his, or call in his debts, I should say. Yeah. So he was still kind of there for 20 minutes, you just didn't physically see him. Um, I suppose you could say he just didn't speak for the first 20 minutes. Would, would probably be a, a better description. Yeah. Um, but throughout the whole thing, I think that the, um, I think for me, the, the best character from beginning to end has been Rory. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, he has now established himself as a companion in his own right, hasn't he? Yeah, um, for definite. Um, um, Which probably means they kill him next in the first episode. Well, I hope they don't. I hope they don't, really. Or if that they... doesn't necessarily rule him out, though, the rest of the series. No, true. Um, but there is that... Um, I think you. I think you said. Um, I can't which episode it was. Now I think you. You said we got back to. I think you said it was in the. Um, the almost people. Well, he sort of yeah. did turn back into the. Um, the bumbling Rory. Yeah. Again, but I. I but then dispelled that with the start of. Good man goes to war, and it's him. Yeah. Going into the. Cyber. Cybermanship. So, and I, th- I think perhaps that was just to, he did 
he did end the series back as a main character, you know, as there's the hero type character that he was starting to become. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that they'll, they'll um, explain what exactly Rory is. Um, yeah. Is he? Is he human? Is he? I, I still don't know. After watching all these well, episodes, you assume I, he's going to be human if he's conceived a child. Yes, you would have thought so. Um, um, but it's just that fact. If he's now human, how does he remember being a Roman guarding the Pandorica for two thousand years? Yeah. Um, when the universe is rebooted. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's probably staring me straight in the face. I just haven't seen it yet, and maybe someone can explain it to me uh, one day. But, uh, yeah, um, I just really, really like the, the way his character's gone. I think yeah. it's been brilliant. Um, See, I'd think... still... Sorry, I've gone, yeah. No, no, go on, go on, go on. No, because no, no, I was going to go back to something you have said earlier. So, if you All right. No, that's OK. No, go, go for it. Um, you saying about oh, there hasn't really been a story since the first episode, as such. Mm. I would take issue, and I do think the Rebel Flesh Almost People is a standard Doctor Who story um, no, in its own right. If you take out the bits that are linking to the rest of the story arc bits, mm. it still, I think, stands up as a two-part story of. Whether you want to say predictable with the uh, father dying and the other one having to take over as the father and all that, I still think it could have been that could have been that script could have been filmed at any stage in classic Doctor Who and wouldn't have been out of place. Now you see that this is my my problem with this half of the series because the, I thought the Rebel Flesh was um, a very good story. That ep- I thought that episode was very good. Um, and as we've already said previously, it, it was like a, um, a, a like a who story of old. You could imagine, so like, tr- like a, it's like a Troughton story. There were some of the, the lines that I thought that Davison, I could hear Davison saying them. Um, but that when it got to the almost people, I thought it just ruined what went before. And I think it's a two-parter. It's very, very uneven. Yeah, but, well, whether you like the story, the idea of the story, it has got a story. I don't think... Well, again, I think, yeah, there's a story there, but for me, it was just a little bit um, lacking. I think all the, since the opening two episodes, all the stories have been written have been lacking in something. And I can't quite put my finger on it. Because, I mean, everyone says... I mean, we'll get on to our favourite and least favourite episodes. I think by now everyone can realise what my least favourite episode is. Um, but even something like The Doctor's Wife, there wasn't a lot of story there. There was a lot of referencing. Yeah. And I think that's what this this series has done a lot. It's been referencing to things that happened in the past all the time. Yeah. Because it's, there were obviously the seeds were sown back in Series 5. Um, which now are only sort of starting to come to fruition. Um, but then this series has also sown its own seeds, yep. which which are now sort of also coming to fruition as well. So there's a, there's a hell of a lot going on, um, and I think, I think and I think for me that's what's slightly ruining it for me. It's it's constantly referencing what's going on before. Now I'm not saying that's a bad thing in as far as 
it's making the viewer actually pay attention. Yeah. Um, because as we know, a lot of television these days is it's purely made for people with a short attention span. Um, so, so say something now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. And I think actually there has been a lot this uh, certainly the from uh, four onwards there's been a lot that's been you could almost say playing to the the older fan oh there's been a lot of that there has been Um, a lot of that Um, some subtle some not so subtle (laughs) yeah I mean I mean the thing if you again using the doctor's wife as an example um, the whole thing with the message box yeah um, as again, that hasn't been seen uh, since uh, the war games. Yeah. So, new fans, or sort of say new fans, fans that only joined the show since it came back in 2005, aren't going to know the significance of that. But the likes no. of um, the likes of us who've been watching the show for oh Christ, I mean, it's best part of like. 35 years now. Christ. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, best part of, you know, I mean, I'm 41 this year, so, you know, for what I can remember of the show, I mean, as I said before, my first television memory full stop was of the Green Death in 1973. I mean, yeah, and, and some know. Sunrisers have been watching it since 1962. Yes. Unbelievable, that, isn't it? Yeah, oh, that still annoys me that bit. But anyway, I'll, I'll drop <laughs> That's that. That's I had to say. I know, that was, in, that was in the news section of the show. Um, <laughs> still makes my blood boil, but there you go. Um, yeah, so but there has been a, those sort of things. That it's it, As you say, it's pleasing the long-term fan, isn't it? Yeah. Just making sure we're all still on board. And... Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, I think that there's been a lot more of that... Um, Last series, and actually, I think you could say since Moffat took over full stop, there's been a whole lot more of that. I know uh, um, Russell T. Davis did the same thing as well, but he'd always deny, um, I'm not going to bring back Davros, and then he brought back Davros, uh, I wouldn't even dream of bringing back the Master, and then he brings back the Master. So he always, he liked toying with the older fans. Yeah, I mean he'd, lot, he'd bring back he'd bring back major characters, whereas this has been referencing yeah uh, little bits in of who um, I want to say mythology, but not perhaps not word, but you know what I mean. Well, no, it's, it's kind of like that, isn't it? Um, I, I'm, in, I'm just trying to think of a an example. Without actually having to bring back a full character and base it round, he's just. They've dropped in the odd line or the odd bit, and whether you if you recognised it, you recognised it. If you didn't, you didn't. Sort of thing. Mm. It didn't matter actually if you didn't. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, the program. That's it. I mean, um, I'm just trying to think back to anything subtle um, from the Rusty Davis here, and that, I mean, one thing he wasn't was subtle. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's that, that's a whole. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole show in itself, really. Um, but I think the most throwaway thing he had throughout his tenure on the show was the macro. Yeah. Um, again, there was no explanation. It just looked when, oh, it's macro, and all the, the old, the long-term fans were sort of wetting themselves in excitement. Um, and again, there was no explanation. There's no reference 
to where no. he to where he'd sort of met them before. It was just they were there, and that was it. And that yeah. was and that was probably the most subtle nod that he ever made to um, to the long running fans. Yeah. Um, but with this, there's been loads of little, and especially this series, there's been loads of little sort of hint nods to the past. Um, yeah. Like the, um, if we go back, I think it was, oh God, I can't remember, it was the first or second episode with the, the Braveheart Canton yeah. line. I mean, again, that's not going to mean anything to um, any Who fan who hasn't watched any Peter Davison. No. So yeah, I mean it's been good. There's there's been lots of nice little nods like that. Um but I think you can get caught up a little bit too much in like and it is like self referencing all the time. Yeah. So I am not I dunno, I'm 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 sort of, I'm in two minds sometimes about wonder that. if it's just like a sort of easy crowd pleaser sometimes. Yeah. If I'm not too sure about the <laughs> script, if I just add that, then they'll all be pleased with that. <laughs> yeah, this is, and this is what brings me back again to sort of um, the whole thing about about the scripts. They, they, for me, they haven't been sort of that big on story. Or actually, the, I can, uh, maybe that's been a bit, a bit, bit of a disservice. Um, I'm not going to say because the stories you've had, like the, the Doctor's Wife, uh, Neil Gaiman submitted a. a Absolutely fantastic script. Um, the dialogue was fantastic, which is actually the um, that kind of, of good sort of description. It was the there wasn't a lot of meat on the bone, if you know, if, if you see what I mean. In some ways, actually, the the dialogue and the scenes over eclipsed the story. I think rather than even actually how much of the story is there, the story was just a vehicle to to the interaction between the Doctor and the TARDIS. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you think just what the story was, it was just um, Doctor gets distressed school, the Matrix taken out the TARDIS, gets replaced by the bad guy, um, Amy and Rory trapped in TARDIS, Doctor has to go and save them, and that's it. Having said that, though, it did contain the excellent scene of him finding the other distress boxes. Yeah. And that whole scene around that was... Yeah, which really um, which again that that scene um, when he repaired the Oods um, communicator. Yeah, you heard all the different Time Lord voices. Um, after that episode aired, I don't know if you looked or not, but the forums went into meltdown because one of the the voices sounded very very much like Paul McGain. Right. It obviously wasn't Paul McGain, um, but it, it, I'm not, well, since I've watched it again, I thought I'm, I thought I'll look out for that. I'll listen out for that, um, and it does sound very much like him. I will, I will agree. I will agree on that one. Um, but there's also been, to sort of slightly digress in a moment, something I mentioned last week um, about someone's got a bit of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. About uh, the uh, opening episode. Now, someone's done um, a little bit of homework and sort of freeze framing. Um, it must have taken them sort of ages to sort of, to try and spot this. The bit where the doctor is shot, yeah, um, it pans back to Rory River and Amy, yeah. and you've got the old car, and you've got that hut behind them, right? Now they've freeze framed it, and you it looks like there's an extra person standing there, right? Just just round the corner of the hut. Now it could just be um, 
how can I put it? Uh, just something hanging off the side of the building, or, or a crew member who didn't a crew get, member out, get out the way. It, yeah, exactly. It could be anything. But um, but after but it, last last season's episode, when everyone goes, "Oh look, they got the continuity wrong. He's got his jacket on." Precisely. And that turned out to be yeah. actually now as to the plot. That's it. Now, as sort of conspiracy theories go, I I don't think that's that's not too bad a one to go with. To be honest, because we know that he has done this before. Um, so as you look at the um, the Big Bang, with the whole thing yeah. with with the you this person leaving um, little Amelia messages, yeah. and you find it's actually the Doctor. Now, is there something yeah. like that going on again? Yeah. Is there? Is it? Is it? I mean, I think one of the theories come out is it actually Young Canton standing there? So I don't know. I mean, it could be nothing. It could be absolutely nothing. But I thought, as um, as conspiracy theories go, it's it's not a bad one. I'll do. I sort of. I'll sort of half half subscribe to that one. But uh, but anyway, getting back onto our. Uh... I must admit, do you, do you find yourself when you're watching the Impossible Astronaut when the visor just starts to go up? You're trying to cram your eyes. To see. <laughs> yeah, just sort of. Sort of bend down a little bit, trying to look as, under. As if like yeah. they'd actually <laughs> have shot it that you could actually see. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're. I've, I know people have tried. I, I can imagine there are people out there who've taken that through as slowly as you. Well, it's frame by frame, as you say. Yeah. And I suspect that's what they was doing when they noticed that the other frames went on. <laughs> yeah, and they just saw this shape, and it does look like. A put someone sort of half of someone standing there. Um, yeah. So who knows? Um, as I say, you it, wouldn't put it past them to, to for it to be something to, integral to a later episode. No. Or to the final episode, probably. No, that's right. That's right. Um, we'll see, though. It's we'll in see. Past history. Yes. Um, but as, as, anyway, as we were, as we were saying, um, you know, all the, all the sort of the self-referencing. Um, it can get a little bit, um, I can, I'm sorry, not not monotonous, but I think it has got a little bit caught up in that yeah. somewhat. Um, but also, I thought just sort of the whole. I was going to say that the the tone of this half of the series. I wouldn't say it was uneven. I'd say it's been odd. Um, yeah, it's it's just been. I, I, I can I, I sort of trying to put my finger on it, and it's just this because you've got that whole thing running through that you know that the doctor's going to die, or you yeah. or what you well, we know a version of the doctor dies. I mean, what you have got is you've probably got a, a normal series sto- story arc in seven episodes, mm. which has meant that a lot of what you would say are normal s- stories have got are not there, you know? As in, I know I've said the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People that I think does work as a, a normal Doctor Who story. Whether you think it's a good one or a bad one, I think it works yeah. as a normal Doctor Who story. But you have got technically five, only two episodes that are in themselves stand alone. Yeah, um, which in a normal series, over a normal series, you'd have obviously 
the seven or eight, probably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's I don't know. That, that, I think for me, that's what's made it a little bit of a um, a little bit strange. This it's just got a very very as I say a very odd tone to it. It's not a series that or half series so far that in say three or four years time you could just there's only two episodes that you could probably get out and watch mm. without having to actually watch it all the way if you know what I mean um, I don't know because I think the only one you could possibly watch on its own for me would just be The Doctor's Wife I you just wouldn't bother watching The Cursed and Black Spot <laughs> well as I say as I watched it again I didn't mind it so much yeah um, Again, the, the story was very, very slight. It's a, as we said um, previously, it's a little bit near. But yeah. um, I wonder if we the, go back and we start reviewing. If we started reviewing other epi- other episodes and other series, mm. like we are doing this one, whether we could aim that at those. Well, maybe we could. Maybe and the fact could. the old series, of course, and if you're trying to compare it. I mean, you could only really compare it with, what you want a better word, the new series since it mm. came back. Because the old series, of course, had four episodes, five episodes, seven episodes stories. So, of course, you can flesh out a whole story. That's right. Much more. And it's, it's, it's not fair to compare. No, it's not. It's, with with I, that. I do think that's, that's been my sort of one sort of criticism since Who came back is that the stories are too rushed. Yeah. And but they. Then that gets, they do need more room to breathe. Now, but, the, but a lot of the problem is when they have done two-parters, the, and it's been proved again for me in this series, that the second part hasn't lived up to the first. Yeah. Or the first hasn't done enough for the second, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, this, this has been my, my whole problem with the, um, the Rebel Flesh two-parter, um, because... I thought the, as we said before, that the opening episode was great. Um, it was like a standalone Who's, but the most Who's story they'd done in a long time. And then the second episode just ruined it with um, just ridiculous little continuity errors, like the thing with the with the all of a sudden there's two sonic screwdrivers. Um, the whole thing with the the sleeveless acid suit. I mean, they're just things that just didn't make sense. At all, it was just it just ruined it for me. It really did. Um, but then for me, it picked itself up again uh, when, it, when it oh cough cough um, cough up when it came back to um, a good man goes to war. So it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what how you how you thought it panned out at the end. Yeah, um, I mean, I have to say, the last one is still my least favourite. Oh, that's your least favourite, is it? Yeah. Um, just, I just don't know. It just doesn't because I just don't think it does. I mean, it, it, it's okay when you watch it right the way through. Hmm. The whole. <coughs> sorry. <laughs> or even the seven, or even if you watch the last three as a as a chunk, it's okay. Hmm. It's just as a definitely as an out as a, as a episode on its own it just doesn't work for me um well, and there's I, bits in it yeah that I, I just yeah I mean, no, I, 
I was going to say, now if I've watched it again, I'm sort of inclined to agree with you that when you said last week there wasn't a lot of story to it, which there isn't. Um, but as you say, but you say, what there was, it did crack on at a, a fair pace. Yeah. But, but I think, as, as I said, that's been the, the, my problem throughout this um, half of the series, that there hasn't been a lot of story. They're continually building on the, on the series arc. Yeah. Um, and for me, I've been ignoring what what's meant to be happening in each week's adventure. Yeah. Yeah, the overall series is, is running better than the individual episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the... I know I, I sort of said before, I'm getting a bit um, sort of bored with the continual building mystery upon mystery upon mystery and, and whatever, but as I said previously on this show, that it's actually making the audience think. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing at all. There's not yeah. enough. There's not enough television like that. Uh, yeah, have, I mean the worst thing yeah. I want to do is that, them to dumb it down. I mean, if we criticise the curse of the black spot for being too simplistic and hmm. which, as you said, it reminded you why Doctor Who is a children's show. Yeah, then you can't then complain when they're trying to be clever and well. That's the thing because they make they're... you make you watch it. And yeah, think. yeah, that's right. Because they're, they're trying to strike that balance between. A, a children audience and an adult audience, whereas like the adults, for, for want of a better description, have got Torchwood and the kids uh, ha, or did have, I should say, the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Um, so Doctor Who's in the middle. So you've got you've got two audiences to please there. Yeah. Um, whether it's achieved that this half of the series, I don't know. I'm so, I really am in two minds. About it. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I'll, I'll, I'll always watch yeah. it, but I mean, I have actually, and I've, I wasn't bored watching them again this weekend. Oh no, the, the, I think boring's so, not, not a word you could bring into it at all, is it? So to that extent, you've got to say yes, it's working as a program. Yeah. So I can think of quite a few programs that perhaps I wouldn't watch, want to watch, right the way through again, having watched them once. Mm. That I probably enjoyed at the time. Yeah. Yeah, just something that could be a bit of a, a sort of a bit of a slog to get through a second time. Yeah. Whereas um, with with who I can just watch time and time again, no matter how critical I am about them, and maybe I didn't enjoy the stories as much as as everyone else. But I will always watch it. I'll always find something to enjoy, and there has been a lot to enjoy so far in this in this half of the series. And watching them again this sorry, again this weekend. Um, just how quickly the episodes went. You you know, you suddenly, oh, that's, that one's finished. Hmm. Yeah. So he wasn't even sitting there looking at the clock thinking, God, I'm watching this. I've got to, you know, I've got to watch this sort of thing because I'm going to be talking about it. It was yeah. actually, I'm actually watching this because I'm actually enjoying it. Still. So. Yeah. Well, as, as I think we've, we've both sort of, you said that Good Men Goes For has been your least favourite. Um, my least favourite has been um, the almost people. Uh, Shocks there. Sure, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, um, I, so I don't hate it. I just, I, it's just been my least favourite. I haven't hated any of the episodes. Um, no, that's actually a thing. I mean, there's been in previous series. There's, there's been one episode where you thought, okay. Yep. I. Yeah. Now move on. Yeah. I de- yeah. yeah you're even, right. There's been those things we said. I definitely do not want to watch that one again. Yeah. 
I mean, I wouldn't. I would, I would not be even wouldn't be bothered if I never saw the Lodger again. No, from series five. So, and I've not had an episode that. I mean, I'd probably even watch Curse of the Black Spot if it, in a year's time it was repeated and I happened to just be sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think it, it's been it's been a reasonable standard. It's probably just not been anything that's been standout brilliant. I don't think. Um, well, I, 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 I was going to say that there's been one um, outstandingly brilliant aspect about um, this half of the series so far, and that's been Matt Smith. Yeah. Who's been consistently brilliant in every episode. Um, maybe you could argue that in Curse of the Black Spot... He egged it a bit. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say he was an autopilot um, as such. Um, he, he warmed to the to the playfulness of the script, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. I um, think, um, having had to be serious in all the other... I mean, yes, especially in the opening two, the opening two episodes, as we said, very, very serious. Um, yeah, yeah. It, th- for me, that that was what um, re- re- that's what sort of upset the balance, because you have those two episodes where you have got this whole thing running through um, the series of the Doctor dying, and that yeah. just seemed to. I know he said at the end um, of Day of the Moon. Um, we could go and find out what all these things mean, all these unanswered mysteries mean, or we could just go off and have some fun. Yeah. Um, but I would have thought, though, that would have been a bit more pressing. <laughs> yeah. If well, not said, to him it wasn't, because he didn't know at that stage. Well, no, no, because if you, if you remember, uh, End of the Day of the Moon, he said, like, we still don't know what caused the TARDIS yeah. to yeah. explode. Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, I, I personally... Um, if I was in his shoes, I'd want to know what caused that. Yeah. Uh, for definite. Um, yeah, so that that for me, and as we know that that particular episode was meant originally scheduled for the second half of the series. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why it doesn't quite sit right. Um, and I, again, someone please correct me if I'm wrong, I think the third episode was meant to be Mark Gatiss's episode. Right, which is meant it supposedly meant to be very, very scary, and yeah. I don't think they wanted to follow a serious opening two-parter with yet another serious story. Yeah, no, you could you can see you can see when you watch it as a when you watch it as a set, you can see its place in the in the series, and it feels its role. Yeah, I think so. Criticisms of not of the. Of the of the episode itself, it's it it performs its role, and perhaps actually, if there are kids that are starting to lose interest because it's getting a bit complicated, although you should never underestimate children. No, I no, I don't think you should actually. I really don't think uh-huh. you should. Um, there's, I think this whole thing of having to dumb down television just to get like a youth audience is absolute rubbish. Um, and really, I'll, if, if I would prefer if who continues to do this kind of story arc, um, to be honest, just to keep kids thinking. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know how or why it's sort of television's gone down that route of everything's got to be wham, bam, um, almost like instant television, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And if they watch it with their parents or whatever, they can ask questions 
of their parents are the bits yeah. they don't understand. Um, Might actually talk to each other. One. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. I mean, and, that, than and that's sitting there watching blindly watching telly. Yeah, um, and that again it brings what we were, what we were trying to say um, earlier about the you got the two audiences to please there. Um, really, it, what I should have really said you're trying to please a family audience. Yeah, is to be enjoyed as a family, um, and as you say, because of what's been going on in this this half um, of the series, it it probably is more a family orientated show than ever before. Yeah, because the kids will be asking those questions. Yeah, and again, it means well the parents have got to pay a bit more attention rather than just dumping the kids down in front of the TV. Um, yeah, so they have to watch it with them. So they can answer their kids' questions. Um, yeah, so, or not, yeah. that's the case. Maybe. Or not, yeah. <laughs> but think, at least, you know, it, yeah. get some sort of question as to what they think might be happening or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that um, we've, we've, both of us have listed our least favourite um, episodes so far. Um, what's been your favourite? Um, probably... I am probably going to say the Doctor's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, I would agree that that's mine as well. Just just because it did sort of pander to to me as a as an old fan. I don't know whether it, whether if it hadn't had those references mm. and whatever, I'd have been quite so of, of the story itself. But I think it was actually. And some of the performances in it of aunt and uncle as well. Yeah, again, Good. sort of everything. They were just sort of there for exposition, but they they were very well written characters, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, and the dialogue all the way through that episode was was brilliant. I think. Yeah, it was. Um, my favourite scene probably in Doctor Who, just for the, the thing where they when they materialise back on the. TARDIS, and he's saying it's it's the TARDIS, and she's a woman, and and the did you wish really hard? Yeah, and then followed it up straight away with another Ood I couldn't save, which was just no, that was brilliant. <laughs> um, Matt, I mean, Matt Smith brought another side um, to the Doctor out as well. How how basically how much he really is in love with his TARDIS? Yeah. And also, the other thing about it is how much he's desperate not to be the one, last one of his kind. Yeah. The line about, you know, are you after forgiveness or whatever. Yeah, but isn't everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's just... And again, it was... Um, it was almost like a throwaway line, because he said it so sort of quietly. Yeah. And you can't imagine that if that sort of line was said um, when David Tennant was the Doctor... You'd have yeah. great big sort of zoom on his face and and soaring music, and it was it was a very nice tear rolling down. Yeah, and... it was it was just a nice quiet little scene, mm. you know. I mean, and actually, the emotional scene at the end where he uh, when he says goodbye to her, yeah, the last time they speak, that was you know just the the shot of the of the fight, you know, obviously upset and everything, but then mm. the quick just turn around and get on with it. No long speech about how... Or staring off in the, into the middle distance or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was okay, well, that's happened, and, you know, 
got to get on now sort of thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so I mean, a- absolutely my favourite. It was the sort of like the standout episode yeah. for me. It really was. It really was. So, uh, well, I, I mean, think I, we... think, I think actually it was better watching it because I think it did <clears throat> suffer from the hype it was gonna, given before anybody even knew yeah. what it was going to be. Yeah, I think that's the. Um, I suppose I think really my sort of final sort of thought on the series so far because everyone um, was saying during the promotion when before this series started that the, this um, series of Doctor Who or particularly this half of the series would be massively game changing. It would change the way you look at Doctor Who forever. Um, uh, for me, it hasn't. I don't think it's been that game changing whatsoever. No. Um, so there's been a lot of build-up. Maybe the second half is going to be the game-changing side of things. Um, but so far, for me, it hasn't been. Um, like the whole reveal of River being Amy and Rory's daughter. Um, again, it, it it didn't really shock me. No. I mean, it was the most logical one to a certain extent without actually her being a totally new character. Mm. And if she was going to be a totally new character, then why the big? That's it, and then build up to a reveal. And there was that whole um, thing going around fandom that oh, you know, who could River possibly be? And they were saying, oh, it's the Rani or it's Romana. Um, and going again, going back to past characters of who, um, I'm just glad it, it wasn't that. Okay, being Amy Rory's daughter was. For me, it was a, a little bit obvious. You could almost see it coming, but I'm glad it wasn't any of the other things yeah. that people came out with. Because that, that, I think that just would have been sort of taken just a little bit too far. And it still gives them something to play with as well. Oh yeah, for definite. Now, for definite. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's that's pretty much my my thoughts on it so far. I don't know if you've got anything else to anything else to add. No, I think that's that's it really. I think yeah, enough. Yeah, just yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's just a bit odd this weekend, actually. Yeah. So, not having not having no, to yeah, watch. It's yeah, no, no, no of... new episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think really, just to sort of finish it up, to how if you could sum up this half of the series in one word, what would it be? Oh, I don't know if I can do it in one <laughs> word. Um, uh, yeah, intriguing. I don't know. Intriguing. Um, I, I, my, mine would be, um, and I've, I've said it before, odd. Odd. Yeah, odd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe, mmm, is that to describe it for you? <laughs> no, no, no. no I've, 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 I have enjoyed, I've enjoyed it. There's not an episode that I've thought to myself, no, would never watch that again. No. Just episodes that I don't think work on their own. No, that's it. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's sort of. Um, I think we've pretty much done that one to death, haven't we? Yes, I think so. Um, well, obviously, um, may, maybe you're wondering out there as as sort of who's no longer on until September. What will we 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 be doing on a weekly basis? Um, and we've had a bit of a a bit of a think, haven't we? Um, so obviously, we'll still be doing our monthly audio commentaries uh, with Tony. And what we thought we'd do to sort of fill the gap, because um, obviously we 
still don't know when Torch was going to start either. I was going to say, this is in our lives rather than yours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to plug the, the gap in our, in our sad little lives, um, starting next week, we're going to go back to the start of Series 5. So we'll, we'll be reviewing uh, Matt Smith's first um, series of, uh, of playing the Doctor. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, so we'll see how we get on there. I mean, obviously, um, we've both watched them, watched all the episodes as fans, but now it would be in a more of a, uh, a critical capacity. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see how we get on with that. So, uh, and we might also just drop these completely once Torchwood starts running. We're not entirely sure yet. So it all depends how, uh, how much we're we sort of going to start watching Torchwood because we we said yeah. before if we if, if it's not because I I will be honest um, I never watched the first two series of Torchwood I tried to watch it and I just couldn't get into it at all um, and then Children of Earth came along and I thought it was fantastic but I think you did watch it though didn't you Paul Yeah yeah, actually, I, yeah not not to the extent that I'd have been disappointed to have missed an episode No but. It was it was okay. It filled the gap. Yes, in my that's... life as much as anything else. <laughs> yes. Really, should be something else there. I thought. Maybe, there yeah, po- yeah, should be. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go. So we'll uh, we'll kick off next week uh, with reviewing the eleventh hour. So until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. feedback about the Who's He podcast or about Doctor Who in general, please go to our website, which is www.whos-he.co.uk.